welcome to another episode of Just Cuz, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cuz. And today we are talking about something near and dear to my heart, okay? <laughs> it's that time of year again, folks. That time when everybody starts talking Harry Potter. And instead of <laughs> talking about the Harry Potter movies like every other schlock mm-hmm. on the internet. Because what, what do we even say? It's good. Go watch they're it. They're good. J.K. Rowling's a turf. What else do you want? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm not inventing the wheel here. But no. what we can talk about that's different is the very Potter musicals. Are they 12 years old? Yes. <laughs> Does that mm-hmm. matter? Absolutely not. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about all three very Potter musicals. Now, if you don't know mm-hmm. what that is, as Max did not know, until I forced him to watch these. <laughs> the Very Potter musical is a fan-made musical. I th- I'm fairly certain it's from 2011. And it was... Sometime around then. Yes. It was created by some students from the University of Michigan Theater Department mm-hmm. who uh, really loved Harry Potter and decided to make a spoof musical of it. Um, and... This spoof musical, one of those students was Darren Chris. If any of you know who that is, Blaine from Glee and from lots and lots of other things. <laughs> okay. Darren Chris. I had no idea. You had no idea? Yeah. I, what? I also don't, I haven't seen Did you Glee, never see so. the, the Versace show? No. Oh. I have He not. plays a real good serial I... killer. He also played Hedwig on Broadway, which oh. I went to see live with my mom. That was so fun. Okay. <laughs> I should give you the bad news. What? I didn't love this. You hate them? Oh. No. I didn't hate it. Okay, I I should say on paper a lot of this is really really good. It's just like you said, it's from the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. The it wasn't filmed superbly and the audio kind of suffers there is a remaster of the first one and the second but i didn't watch the remaster the second one but i mean either way the audio i'm sure the voices are fantastic but Mm -hmm. it doesn't really hold up that fact No, definitely not some of the jokes don't age too well i think a lot of the characterization is fantastic except for dumbledore (laughs) and honestly it's a lot of, and I say this without meaning it negative in any way, but it's a lot of theater kid energy. Yes, that's why I love it. That's what speaks to me on a primal level, okay? I am a theater kid at heart. Always have been, always will be. Not ashamed, okay? <laughs> um, I totally get not liking it, and I was fully prepared for it's... you not to like it. It's also not for me. Yeah. So that, that's that's understandable. The thing about it is it is for theater kids. It is for people who love Harry Potter, which you do. You love Harry Potter, and this is mm. why I thought you oh. should watch it. Um, but it also is so interesting in the way that it tells its story and speaks to fandom. Right. Which we're <laughs> going to get into. But... Um, That's why, like, looking over all of the notes that I've taken and thinking about the whole story itself, I'm like, no, this is actually pretty good. Like, this is a good idea. I just, I think in execution, 
I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. But the, those are the big negatives, and I got them out of the way because there is plenty of good stuff yeah. to talk about with these three musicals. The thing about, like, the jokes that don't age, like, for me, obviously, <laughs> I watched these when they came out. So for me, mm. those jokes are nostalgia. Those jokes are fun. <laughs> I like them. Um, but there isn't really things that are offensive. There's just, like, references that have well, engaged them. Some some Asian jokes aren't oh, no, the, in no. the first one. No, oh, they're... <laughs> okay, hold on. Before we get into that, just give me one second. First of all, I have to map this out. So, <laughs> the very Potter musical started with the first one. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of... The appeal of it was they kind of mushed all the Harry Potter books together into one and they picked out the most important bits and they dropped everything else and they said we're gonna tell the story of Voldemort coming back and Harry defeating Voldemort and we're gonna do it all in this play and we're gonna get rid of everything else and I I'll jump in later because I got plenty of thoughts about that Mm -hmm. but you go um and then they realized they wanted to do a second one and we'll get into the plot of that but the second one is a sequel but also kind of a prequel um and time travel shenanigans time travel shenanigans ensue and the third one um was a reunion of sorts that they did um as a staged reading they all had scripts mm-hmm. in their hands doing it and it was at a convention and it was once Darren Chris was already very famous and he was leaving the production company that formed from this uh from oh. this first musical, the production company called Starkid. So mm-hmm. it's also... And that's the name of the YouTube channel yeah. if you want to watch any yeah. of these for free. It's really an interesting um, step forward in modern theater that the very Potter musical caused. It they, they did it live and then they recorded it and they put it on the internet for free and it blew up. It became this massive, massive thing and they were like oh we can we can make money off this we can keep doing this we can Mm -hmm. actually make a production company because of this we can make many many more musicals because they got tons they have tons of musicals now and they are a huge production company they're very famous they have i've been to some of their touring shows they have really good original content not all of it is spoofs, but some of it is, and they have really, really fun things. Um, mm-hmm. And so I always thought that that was such a fantastic show that just brought, uh, that just launched this whole company. It changed all these people's mm-hmm. lives. And they went on and did three more, and they're really fun. But also, I'm a geek, and I love Harry Potter, and I love musicals, so I love it. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, getting into that, the first uh, Barry Potter musical opens, and Mm -hmm. it is the iconic song, Gotta Get Back to Hogwarts. If you've ever (laughs) been on the internet ever, you've probably heard this song. (laughs) I I hadn't heard any of the songs from this. I think there was one moment that a snake was slithering and saying i'm a snake and i was like i think i've heard Sasha <laughs> that's say i've that. said that a million times every time i see a snake i say that um <laughs> but yeah all of this was new for me and i the the first one started and i would 
immediately I was like, okay, so we're retelling starting from Chamber of Secrets. And then immediately (laughs) it diverges from that. It's just a sort of retelling. They have the Triwizard Tournament, but it's not that. It's, it's all the four it's houses. It's the House Cup tournament. Why would you have a Triwizard tournament if there are four <laughs> teams? Duh. <laughs> um, okay, I want to get this out of the way really quickly. I mm. already knew this about myself before I recommended this, but I have watched this annually every single year since I first watched them in 2011. And mm-hmm. I, or the first one, the first one came out. And... I have definitely watched it more than that because 12 times honestly sounds too little for me. (laughs) I've seen these so many times that I can quote the entire thing. Not every line from every song. I watch this and as it's happening, I speak along with every single characters. I know every single line. I know every single turn. I know when they, where they're facing. I know what dance moves they're doing. I know everything about this. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, but it's so fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. Mm-hmm. I, I can never memorize anything. I can listen to a song a million times and I just, I won't know the words. Mm-hmm. But I could very much see just memorizing some of these songs. Because I kind of did that with Hamilton, mm-hmm. where I just listen to the soundtrack whenever I'm at work or something. But yeah, these yeah. these had some catchy songs. I won't lie. The, the music is well written. There are themes. There are mm-hmm. light motifs. There's you know everything you need in a um, competent composition. It's really really fun. Um, mm-hmm. What can I say? You know, it's well, they're well written musicals. They take yeah. the first one decides to take the story and it says okay harry's in his second year but they're doing mm-hmm. not the triwizard tournament but the house cup tournament and harry's gonna fight a <laughs> dragon and then at and there's gonna be cedric diggory and harry's gonna be in love with cho chang but at the end of uh the yule ball in the triwizard <laughs> tournament uh or sorry in the house cup <laughs> tournament <laughs> harry is gonna harry and cedric are gonna get sent to the graveyard and voldemort and they do it the smart way mm-hmm. It's <laughs> they don't make him grab the thing at the end of the Triwizard Tournament. Right. Just make him grab a soup ladle. <laughs> Just first day, hey, Harry, here's a notebook yeah. and make that the port right. key. It is, there's so <laughs> many easier ways they could do that. They could have been, here's your graded paperback, Harry, and it's a port <laughs> yes. key. Yes. <laughs> Wait, can you port key a wand? Wouldn't that make... I, I just had the biggest no tangent in my brain. Well, they go- that would make someone's wand obsolete. I don't know. Well, so port keys in Harry Potter work like a timed delay kind of a thing. They don't, they're not always active. Because if you remember from the book, um, the. Someone the goblet the, of fire. The, the, they yeah. no, they it's not handled. It's the it's put there. It is made into a port key by the mm. uh, because there's a port key department in the Ministry of Magic. So someone from the Ministry of Magic comes and places a port key in a certain place, and they say mm. the port key will activate at this time. You have to be touching it by this time, and it will go to this place. And you can like ask to make one and shit. But then I don't know how they regulate that because people can just make their own I, port keys. Like everyone has a wand. It's really not a good system. But anyway. What was it last week that I said that Harry Potter magic makes sense? Yeah, it, it doesn't. doesn't. No, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's fun. We love Harry Potter. Yes, it's still fun. We stand. Um but so they're not always active. Um 
Mm-hmm. But he gets but, he, they get Cedric and Harry with a soup ladle. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's a punch ladle, <laughs> and it's a it's uh. a it's for punch. Um, and they know that. Only Harry will touch this ladle because they put squirt in it. And uh, only Harry Potter likes the drink squirt and everybody else hates it. <laughs> Real drink. I, mi- I kind of miss squirt. That was good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Tell me what you think of um, the best uh, the best arc of this whole show, uh, Quirrell and Voldemort. Because Quirrell yeah, okay. and Voldemort are in this uh, first one. And they literally sleep together. What do you mean they literally sleep? Yeah, they're they're <laughs> one person. <laughs> well, I was going to say they have this whole dynamic about, you know, Curl really cares for him and Voldemort just can't really accept that. And I was like, they have this whole just kind of on the nose love thing. And then I just remembered, no, they have a scene where they just sleep together. So it's not. What do on you the mean they just all. sleep together? Don't they sleep? They try to go to sleep in the same bed, but because they're connected. Well, they yeah, can't. no, that's a, that's the first scene that they're in. They, yeah, no, because yeah. because Quirrell's like, I have to sleep on my back, and Voldemort's like, Oh, well, my face is on the pillow. <laughs> yeah. It, no, no, it's very much a love story. They're very much yes. in love. Um, and Bellatrix isn't really not, having that. But not but... literally sleep together, like have sex. <laughs> literally sleep together, oh, no. like sleep together. I read between the lines. They definitely had sex. <laughs> How? They were in one body. <laughs> exactly. They were constantly having sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they sing in Quirrell was introduced couples. and he had he had the biggest humpback. And he I was had, like, okay, he had a whole I see what they're so doing. They, it's so funny they just took one guy they took two guys back to back and they put a dress over them and then you put the turn it works it's the funniest thing in the world i every time i see it i laugh my ass off (laughs) and then they sing an odd couple song and it's great um yeah so so, uh, and um crab I was oh, going to yeah. say, Crab and or Goyle is like 30 years it's old, crab. and I love it. <laughs> no, that's Goyle. Sorry, that's Goyle. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell the difference between them in the movies, the books, the real life actors. Mm-hmm. It's always just Crab and or Goyle. It's, it's Goyle is the really, really tall one, and Crab is the one who's played by a girl, and Malfoy is also played by a girl. <laughs> and Malfoy has some good introductions yeah. where she just slides on screen. <laughs> Malfoy is uh, like a jelly of a person in this. Malfoy's yeah. so funny in these. Um, they... <laughs> I don't even. I, I don't even think it's worth going through these chronologically because they don't make no. sense. I think you just do one, two, and three. Um, but it's literally the first one is Goblet of Fire with Quirrell. The second one is Prisoner of Azkaban. No, no, with... no. The first one is also um, De- Deathly Hallows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the second act is just Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. They they rush through to the end, and it's just an overall story of Harry Potter. Yeah. But yeah, then the second one is kind of Prisoner of Azkaban, most of all. But it, it's yeah. still, it's, it jumps around a bunch. It's mostly it Prisoner as- of Azkaban, but they're in their first year, and mm-hmm. um, there is... 
much more time travel. There, there's like also <laughs> this plot of of Lucius Malfoy, Lucius, not Lucius, yeah. Lucius Malfoy, and the Death Eaters <laughs> who've come back in time from after the first one takes place to yes. to destroy Harry Potter when he's in his first year. But then, so Malfoy turns good <laughs> at the end of the first one, and he goes, "I'm really yeah." Nice he has a pretty now. good redemption. Yeah. Arc. Well, you want to know. Because why? Tell us why, Max. Because in the movies, or no, no, in the books and movies, he doesn't really have. No, one. no, no. In this, he has his redemption arc because he's in love with Hermione. Yes. <laughs> the, yes. The not the origin of the ship, but definitely uh, something towards the beginning it of bolstered the ship. it. Oh, it definitely bolstered it. But you want to know? Mm. You want to know the funniest story? How I even heard about. A very potty musical in the first place. Hmm. I was in sixth grade. I was in my choir class in school. And we had Fridays where you could come up during class and it was like the open mic day. You could sing whatever you want. You prepare something during mm-hmm. the week and then you sing it on Friday. So I had two girls from my class come up and do a duet and they sang Granger Danger, <laughs> the song where Ron and Malfoy sing about how in love they are with Hermione. <laughs> and I stood up in class and I said, where did you hear that song? And they told me it was from a Harry Potter play on the internet and I went home and I immediately watched it and I became obsessed for the rest of my life. They said it's a Harry Potter play, and you're just like, and I, "Excuse me." And I said, "Say that again." And I said, "I said, say that one more time." No, <laughs> and then I said, "And there's a duet where Ron and Malfoy sing about being in love with Hermione." This sounds like absurdist, <laughs> absurdist comedy. I must yeah. see now. Um, and it was the best thing ever. And I mean, Malfoy is just well. There's a lot more proactive choices in this story. Mainly, like, Voldemort does a lot more. Malfoy is one of the uh, champions for the cup. Cho is, too, which I really liked. Like, she's... Mm-hmm. Th- Ginny and all, a lot of the female characters are much more than they are in the movies, and I liked that. They're actually able to make decisions. Well, okay, okay. I don't want to get into this, but Ginny... <laughs> The adaptation of Ginny in the Harry Potter movies is reprehensible, okay? Before I grew up and, uh, you know, got my senses about me and became a wolf star girly, my favorite character in (laughs) Harry Potter was Ginny. My whole childhood, I loved Ginny. Um, Because she's awesome. And she was my favorite character in the books. And in the movies, she's a cardboard cutout of a person. One time... So I have this really crazy memory I told you. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I can just, you know, memorize whole scripts of things just by watching it, right? Yeah. Obviously, a lot. But I used to watch the Harry Potter movies (laughs) a lot. And one time, I was really bored in bed when I was, like, 10 or something. And I decided to Mm -hmm. go back through my memory and go through every single Harry Potter movie or... (laughs) <laughs> no, it was not 10. It was after they had all come out. And I remember I, I whatever age I was when they all came out. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go through every single Harry Potter movie and I'm going to count how many lines she has. 
in my head and I did it successfully and it was in the 20s or something it was not a lot of lines and I was like there are eight movies kind of sad two of which are based on books where she is a central character Chamber of Secrets and um the Hapblood Prince Ginny is a mm-hmm. huge character in both of those books. And she had And maybe the love interest for the protagonist yeah. should have some more <laughs> screen time. Maybe she should have some fucking character development. I don't know. <laughs> God, maybe they should have chemistry. <laughs> I know that wasn't their fault. Okay, they were both cast as what, eleven year old children. That's not their yeah. fault. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> yeah. They should have but, been I mean, a given lot of... better scripts, is what I Exactly. Saying. A lot of what we can say about how, like, Ginny's just much more of a character in the musical, the same can be said for Ron. Because Ron gets mm-hmm. screwed in the movie. Oh, absolutely. Half <laughs> of Ron's ideas and lines go to Hermione in the movies. And the other half, some of them go to Neville sometimes. So I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and And then they also just, like, turn things that Ron does into bad things for no reason like ron and harry fight because they're best friends and they're growing up Mm. together and that freaking happens you know Um, it's natural and they got it would be weird if it didn't they got a lot of stuff going on guys (laughs) (laughs) but the movies just turn ron into a freaking asshole and there are so many people who when we were all the movies were coming out people were like how could hermione end up with ron hermione's so amazing and ron sucks and i was like yeah you didn't read the books because in the books that's because you don't know Ron. in the books they're both like just people they're not caricatures hermione Mm -hmm. is a person and she has flaws and she's very smart and talented but she has flaws in the movies she does not have flaws um (laughs) and in the books, Ron is a person. He has flaws, but he also mm-hmm. has really, really good things about him. Really good character traits. He's he is a well of knowledge for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's, he's the every like, he's the only one who he's grew Hermione's up. and Harry's introduction yeah, into the exactly. Magical he's world. the only one who grew up there. He knows lots of things that they don't know. Um, he's also a bit of a prankster because he grew up with his brothers, yeah. like all. Yeah, Fred and George and all of them, which doesn't come across at all no. in the movies. But we're getting into talking about Harry Potter, and we're not supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be talking about a very yes. Potter musical. <laughs> <laughs> this is a musical episode. Yes. So we La. sing. <laughs> I was about to try, but no, I, I can't. I can't sing. Um, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> you don't want to hear me when I sing. <laughs> um, I get bad when I sing. Mm. <laughs> the end of uh the first one basically things that are important dumbledore is not actually dead and he actually goes to um the school that draco Space. has been talking about this whole time which is an alternative wizarding school to hogwarts and it's called pig farts and it's on mm-hmm. mars and um yes the headmaster is named rumble roar and he's a lion who can talk uh- <laughs> And Dumbledore rides him into space. Into space, yeah. He puts on a space, a cardboard space suit, and he flies into space, riding on the back of Rumble Roar. Um, and he's not really. Zach Efron is also a Horcrux. Zach, Ef- the poster of Zac Efron is a Horcrux. Uh, Harry Potter loves Efron more than anything else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is canon. Um, <laughs> Zach Efron is really important in these movie in these musicals. <laughs> There's surprisingly there's lots of things, you know, 
hey, I think it's really funny to look back on these and be like, oh, this was what 2011 was. It was High School Musical and Lost and Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. I saw the poster of Zac Efron and he had like the the Beatles haircut. Yeah. And I was like, Troy Bolton? Is that you? <laughs> That's the, that is the uh, picture that was in every freaking magazine. They got that out of a magazine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I can't think of too much else to say about the first one. Well, I'm just going to wrap up. Sorry, I'm eating. <laughs> That's a cardinal sin of I'm podcasting. I'm so hungry. I, it is, <laughs> we're filming this at 11 o'clock at night, and I haven't eaten in like six hours, okay? <laughs> um, well, I've been gorging. I got off work, and I started watching the first of the Potter musicals. Mm -hmm. It's been great. Yeah. Microwave dinners. Perfect. <laughs> Love that. Um, I'm jealous. I was at work. <laughs> but, um, so, okay. Uh, Dumbledore, in Dumbledore's will, he says that uh, Hogwarts goes to Harry Potter, and he says his chocolate factory goes to Charlie, and Toontown goes to the Toons, which was funny. <laughs> um, everyone cheers. Yeah, everyone cheers. Um, and, uh, Voldemort is defeated, but a part of his soul lives on uh, because it lives in Coral's heart and they attach uh, again and uh, they're in love and it's great. Uh <laughs> and you don't see him for a while, but they'll be back. <laughs> yes, that's it's important. Um, oh, and, and Ron and Hermione get together and Harry and Ginny get together. Basically, that's mm. what's important at the end of this. Um, then and there's even a note for the next one that there's nowhere for these characters to go exactly. they reach their end so 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 in the next one lucius malfoy and yaxley and the other death eaters <laughs> go back in time to harry potter's first year and we get some freaking banger songs in this one but and i should say immediately I started watching the second one, and I was like, okay, these guys got a little bit of famous. They got a little bit of budget. Yeah, they have more money. They have sets and mm. costumes and, and choreography. It's, I mean, they had a little choreography <laughs> in the first one, but not very much. Um, it, it, the first one was clearly an amateur university production. Mm. This one is much more professional. Yeah, and it's very fun. Mm. Um, this one I usually say is my favorite. Out of all three, I love them all for different reasons, but I think this one is my favorite. Uh, hmm. I just there's so many good things about it. Uh, I think the same can be said for me, and that's just because I like Prisoner of Azkaban. I can't even say it. Prisoner of Azkaban, the best. Yeah, it's the best book. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's the best Harry Potter. <laughs> Prisoner book. of Aslan. Prisoner of Aslan. Oh my gosh, Narnia. Where? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think most harry potter fans can agree that prisoner of azkaban is one of the best books it just so having so that good. adapted it's clearly the best story it has the best characters it's mm -hmm. the most interesting it's so good okay mm -hmm. can't beat it it's the one with the werewolf it's the book that spawned a whole other sub fandom in harry potter <laughs> like come on the marauders yeah yeah how how it like they get no other stuff in any of the other books except for one scene in one other book where they go into Snape's memory one time. That's mm. it. That's all we get for the rest of these. Um, and that, that's the sixth, I think. And you see it for like a split second, yeah. if that. Yeah. 
It sucks. It's, it's, I want to see the full memory like we did in this one. Uh, in Max, uh, read all the young dudes and you'll see the full memory. Okay, <laughs> get to reading. Uh, I, I got to get to reading. God, it's so good, man. It's so good. It, from what I've read so far, it is very mm-hmm. good. It's another level. Anyway, um, okay. So, second one. It's Prisoner of Azkaban meets uh, Order of the Phoenix meets, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, yeah, that, Philosopher's that's Stone it. also. Yeah, because there's like <laughs> yeah, the Mirror oh, yeah. of Arrowhead and stuff. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> They pull a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it's their first year. Um, also, It's mainly Prisoner of Azkaban with Umbridge. Also, Rita Skeeter is there a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so obviously they could not have Voldemort in this one because Voldemort <laughs> comes back to life in the first one. In the first one, um, so the actor Joe Walker, love him, um, who <laughs> played Voldemort in the first one, he plays Umbridge in this one, <laughs> and I when I tell you, I wish I could have seen your reactions to this. I know you didn't like it very much, but. I still want to see the reactions to my favorite parts. I so they're so. Uh, I I can I can describe it because Umbridge comes on screen, and immediately I'm just like, "Damn, Umbridge is ripped." <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even sure if she was gonna be a villain, and then she has the second act reveal where she's pulling the strings behind everything mm. but up until then i was like maybe maybe they're doing an alternate version nah nah she's played by the <laughs> actor who plays voldemort <laughs> i also did not realize that oh okay <laughs> i now that you pointed that out, i'm like yeah yeah same face yeah. but i did not pick up on that at all <laughs> um it's very ugh so good she has a monologue in her very first scene uh that i used to recite constantly to my mom because she thought it was the funniest thing in the world and so i would just do that monologue for her frequently (laughs) um uh yeah so the plot of this one is the dead theaters have gone back to the first year to kill harry potter meanwhile in harry potter's first year sirius black has escaped from prison their uh their defense against the dark arts teacher is remus lupin and uh umbridge has been stationed there as a security officer because they fear that uh sirius black will come to hogwarts to kill harry potter basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the normal stuff happens. Sirius Black is obviously not trying to kill Harry Potter. He's trying to hug and kiss him uh, as he stays. Remus Lupin is very suspicious, but obviously he's not the bad guy. He is. So, it's so <laughs> funny because he says he's a werewolf like 17 times and then everyone just forgets and doesn't listen to him. And then later they're like, oh, he turns into a werewolf right in front of them. And they go, he's a gremlin (laughs) i remember there's a part where snape just runs by and he's like i'm gonna show you a a moon it's gonna be great oh no yeah he says he's a (laughs) um he has he has different ones he says this year we'll be studying astronomy and paying special attention to the cycles of the moon and their effects on a certain professor (laughs) (laughs) and then he has another one where he goes um 
He goes, hey, Lupin, want to go look at the full moon with me? Haha, <laughs> zombie. And then runs away. <laughs> That's the one that I was yeah. thinking of. That was good. I told you, man, every single line I could do. <laughs> um, so Draco Malfoy uh, is kind of the Hermione Granger of this story where he goes back in time and tries to fix everything. Um yeah, what 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 are some things that stood out to you from from this one? I absolutely love that Umbridge for a second kicks the shit out of the centaur. Like she holds her own. <laughs> yes. Ferenz the centaur <laughs> is in this uh Yes. In this one as well. I, I figured a lot of the with the time travel shenanigans in this story, it would be a bit more drastic of a change but like i said before it's basically prisoners of azkaban they got i think they had a, de- a dementor in the first one but they got the mirror of erised pulled in which is fun mm-hmm. you get a whole lot of character drama with that they there was only a, a dementor in the first one that when it was releasing coral from azkaban <laughs> at the very it's like, end. hey all of your happy memories happen to be about this one guy yeah do you want to talk about yeah. it yeah <laughs> And then he's, and then they say, "Well, Voldemort's dead. Good luck getting off this impenetrable island." <laughs> <laughs> okay, Which, fair point. Um. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's the Dementors. There's some really good, um, songs. Yeah, Max, why don't you pull up the song lists from all of them? Because after we get through them all, I will be asking you what's your favorite song from each of them. Uh. Okay. So I hope you well, remember. <laughs> while we talk about this, I'll just look up some of them. Exactly. Um. Basically, oh, in this one, oh yeah, Umbridge takes over the school from Dumbledore. Uh, Dumbledore says that he is the one who lured Sirius Black to school whatever it's convoluted anyway he runs away and umbridge takes over the school and she takes down the poster of headmaster zephron <laughs> um zach efron <laughs> and he, ta- he takes down the zach headmaster efron poster <laughs> and she puts up a taylor lautner poster <laughs> and everyone is furious <laughs> um and then later it is revealed that peter pettigrew uh is not hiding in the form of Scabbers the Rat in this adaptation. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew is hiding in the form of a poster of Taylor Lautner holding a football. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fun, so silly, goofy, I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, it's fantastic. yeah, and also Ron kills him with a red vine. <laughs> what can't they do? <laughs> what the hell can't they do? Ron... Ron's character in these uh these plays always eating. That's his character. Um he's always He's eating. always snacking. He's always snacking. In the first one he's snacking on different things, but in the second one he only is always eating red vines <laughs> and he's obsessed with red vines. Um the third one he doesn't eat as much, but that's because they're all holding scripts. So they can't really <laughs> do much prop comedy. Yeah. I do have a note for the third one that I, I said everyone holding their scripts was a little weird. But... So that's called, Mac, that's a thing in theater. It's called a staged reading. Um, they oh. have some costumes, some uh, some choreography, some 
props, but it is not a full production. It is a staged reading of a written play. This one was a staged reading of a musical, so it had songs and it had um, uh, instruments and stuff. But it, if you notice, like it did not have much choreography. It had blocking, no. but didn't have choreography. So that's what a staged reading is. They're they're very common mm. in plays that don't. Uh, well, before a play gets picked up by a theater or wherever they're doing it to do a full production or mm -hmm. if they don't need to do a full production. So the case for this was this was a performance done for a convention called LeakyCon, which was a Harry Potter convention that was very, very popular back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever knew about it while it was going on, but I did. <laughs> I think... I've definitely heard about LeakyCon in passing. Yeah. And I'm also surprised from the last time I did a play in like fifth grade for the prince and the and the frog. I'm surprised I didn't remember about all of the stage plays. Well, it was what? it was fifth grade. <laughs> I already forgot what you called it. So it's a staged <laughs> reading. That stage reading. If you're if you're if you're cast in a play in school, that's not it's not gonna be like that in school. In school, <laughs> no. you're learning your lines and you have your scripts until you're off book, until you're not reading your scripts anymore and you know all your lines. That's not what this is. The intent of this is not to get off book. The intent of this is to show the project. This was never going to be picked up for a full run because the simple reason was because Darren Chris left Star Kid and is because he was too famous at that point. He was on Glee. They make little references to it in the songs of the third one. I don't think you would get any of them because you've never seen <laughs> no. Glee. Um, but they make little references to it and they have songs about moving on and leaving and um it, that's why it's so emotional at the end of the third one because it's to celebrate darren chris leaving star kid officially and moving on from the very potter world basically right. um that is uh it was never going to be a full production the intent that there is a narrator who was reading the stage stage directions and there was everyone was holding scripts um mm. that is you know it it might i it's interesting that it threw you off because i i obviously i come from a different point I, of view so i never yeah, even I, thought about that throwing me off i was like oh obviously this is what it is and yeah, like I was saying before, it's just something I'd never seen. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just not in the theater world. No, that's interesting. The last though. time I was was fifth grade. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't have experienced that doing a play in fifth grade. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did a staged reading just recently, like two weeks ago. Um, They're very fun, but you have very little rehearsal times. I, if you would notice, like, there was... There was clearly Darren Chris was the least rehearsed of that third mm -hmm. one um, because he was busy doing other stuff um, and he was always looking at a script. But there were there were stumbles, there were line stumbles that happens. Um, the mm -hmm. stage reading that I just recently did, we had three rehearsals, and that was all before we went on for um, a two night performance. And a lot of us met in those rehearsals for the first time, so it was. It's it, it's a very fun thing to do, but it is mm. very very quick <laughs> production You're time. Just, yeah, 
getting your feet under you and getting the chemistry between the characters. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's not a full production in the slightest. Um, mm. But given that, the third one is still very, very fun. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I have a massive note about the third one. Okay. Because it starts... And I'm like, man, they got a really similar actress to Luna Lovegood. Like, I'm surprised at how well <laughs> they found someone. And then I just had to pause it and look it up because I was like, it just looks too uncanny. And then it turns out that they did get Luna Lovegood or yes, whatever her name is. They got <laughs> the actress who played Luna Lovegood um, to... That blew my mind. Yeah, be in it. Well, LeakyCon <laughs> was so big. I don't think you understand because... I know that you love Harry Potter, but were you ever very big in the Harry Potter fandom at all? No. Yeah. I wasn't big into any fandom until I got, like, into my late, late teens. Makes sense. I, I was a very stealth nerd. Stealth nerd, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, stealth fighter nerd. <laughs> um, Well, that makes sense, because, yeah, any Harry Potter fandom enthusiast would like no leaky con was huge mm -hmm. actors would a lot of actors would go to the leaky cons after the films had all finished um yeah honestly Luna i think Lovegood. i remember hearing the name leaky con just from like a sarah zed video or something like that that I sounds mean, that's right. where i've heard from it um well, so the actress who played Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter movies, she mm -hmm. started out as a fan. She was a fan of Harry Potter. She was like a huge mega fan and she went to a bunch of conventions and she went to, um, uh, she just went to the open audition that they had for mm -hmm. Luna Lovegood and she got cast as it. And she was always open That's about amazing. how she was such a big fan. Um, so they did, uh, she, yeah, they got her to appear in lots of, um, things, including, including a very Potter senior year, which was very, very fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that was, that was super cool to see her. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have a big part to play, but just, like I said, seeing her face and I was like, man, she looks similar. Right? No, wait, <laughs> that's her. <laughs> um, so the plot of the third one well did we wrap up the second one i don't remember basically the death eaters fail to kill harry and they realize mm. that this was always how their um senior this their freshman year was supposed to go and uh umbridge gets taken into the woods by the centaurs uh <laughs> that one didn't age super great uh definitely yeah i i but i don't think it was even cool back then it was just like whoa this is nuts <laughs> it's it's the same same thing that happens to her in the book and movies mm -hmm. which is elaborated on if you go to find out if you research a little bit but yeah it's it's horrendous mm -hmm. yeah not great um <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, the third one. Third one. It, it is. Like you said, it's a it's a reading, but it still has a lot of production yeah. behind it. Everyone's wearing their robes and it's awesome. Yeah, it's mainly a mix of, it's mainly Chamber of Secrets plus like a high school movie 
of people in their graduating year. <laughs> there's like right. there's a run for student council. There is um there is oh my god it's our last year let's let's go all do these fun things together and then oh no we got in a fight oh no we broke up blah blah that kind of thing right um yeah i think the it is but it's mainly chamber of secrets it's mm-hmm. so with all the lockhart stuff yeah and all the harry talking to snakes and the Ginny stuff yeah uh, oh, it also no. That's what it is. It's mixed with the sixth one. It's mixed with um, the Half Blood Prince because they're experiencing all of Voldemort's memories, and that's all from the Half Blood Prince. Right. There we go. I knew it was mixed with something. They're all mixes. <laughs> um, Voldemort's memories are so funny. Um, <laughs> he he's hey Grandpa <laughs> Snickers. Um, they're so good. He demonstrates how powerful he is by shooting rainbow glitter out of his hands. Um, yes. It's just, it's just such a good time. Uh, he hates Snickers, the bar. Uh, he, you know, very fun. Ginny is possessed, uh, during a lot of this. Uh, Harry is such an asshole. And Gildor Lockhart is certifiably psychotic and i love every second of yep. it they they're like <laughs> it's one of my favorite things is gilderoy lockhart's mythology in this play in the world of a very potter musical gilderoy lockhart wrote the hunger games <laughs> and <laughs> um and twilight <laughs> um, <laughs> and he is uh He's basically, you know, he, he's the same as he is in the regular Harry Potter books. He's, you know, beautiful and everyone loves him and he's stealing all his stories. But this time he's stolen, you know, all the major teen literary classics. Yeah, YA. He's stolen the, the YA. selling ones. Uh, the <laughs> YA section at a Barnes & Noble, basically. Yes. Um... And <laughs> he's grabbed them all and just said, these are mine yes. now. And he goes to school and he says, okay, Hermione, you're so smart. I am going to ask you to write an essay on each of your years at school um, and all of the things that happened to you and turn them into me. <laughs> this happens after Hermione reads him some really dirty fan fiction. Um, is, oh yeah, it's it's insane. It's so good. I don't think they ever actually get into it, but every time that they they describe, they're like, it, oh, my like god, "Oh my god, this god, makes this Fifty is... Shades of Grey look like a fucking book for kids." <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote Fifty that... Shades of Grey, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing we didn't really mention. Is I kind of picked up on it in the first one, but there's some just curse words and i kind of love it it's just this is not for kids oh no absolutely not. and that's something i kind of expected this to be for kids but it's not they bleep out all the curse were all the not all the curse words they bleep out all the fucks mm. whenever they say fuck but it's really fun it's funnier with the bleep to me <laughs> i think it's yes. funnier because you <laughs> obviously know what they're saying um mm-hmm. but i always think it's super no. funny with the bleep yeah so uh Gildor Lockhart takes all these uh, takes all these <laughs> essays from Hermione and he shuffles them around <laughs> a little bit and then he comes later and he 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 tells Ron that he sold he he sold all of Hermione's 
writings and shuffled them around so that the main villain doesn't die in the second year of Hogwarts. And he basically wrote the Harry <laughs> Potter books. And he has one of the best monologues ever. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> he just starts talking about how he's going to merchandise this shit out of Harry Potter and just, like, listing all these real-world things. And the Universal Studios... Uh, uh orlando world because it was mm-hmm. only in orlando back then uh the wizarding world and there's real life stuff that the harry potter franchise and, has milked of money yeah and basically his whole goal his whole character purpose is to shrink himself down to the size of a mouse and become the mouse king the mouse <laughs> prince or something whatever that Gilderoy, means the mouse prince yeah um and <laughs> We can unpack whatever the hell he is going through his head, he... but there's clearly something wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's it, the case with Lockhart always, but this is another level of he's messed it's up. so funny. He is absolutely unhinged, and <laughs> I just love the twist that he wrote the Harry Potter books in that world and he like he brings out a physical copy of the first harry potter book the sorcerer's stone and then they're like and then ron goes what do you mean the philosopher's stone that stupid piece of shit draco found at pig farms <laughs> and <laughs> and he goes well i i'm calling it the sorcerer's stone so that it's very clear that this is a book about wizards <laughs> <laughs> Because American audiences wouldn't get that a philosopher can also be a sorcerer. Well, yeah, it's so (laughs) funny. Well, the Philosopher's Stone is like a huge, what, fable? It's like a really old And Nicholas Flamel Flamel is like, yeah, part of that. And the Philosopher's Stone is he's Mm. a wizard and that's like a really, really old myth or whatever. And then they're like, nope. American audiences are stupid. They won't know what this myth is. We're going to call and it the And me, of course, stone. growing up in America without any, or my, my only touchstone into, you know, the Philosopher's Stone was Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea. Like, I was way too old when I figured out that <laughs> the Philosopher's Stone and Nicholas Flamel is an actual legend. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean... Not to shit on it, but <laughs> J.K. Rowling takes a lot of her, I uh, took a lot of her ideas uh, about Harry Potter just from like British folklore, like mm. most of it actually. <laughs> she just shoved it all together <laughs> Which... and said, "This is the world," and I said, "Okay," and then I said, "I could talk," and then I said, "Are those racial caricatures?" And she said, "Don't think about it," and then. <laughs> Well, Are those goblins supposed to be some sort of religion? Why do the house elves? Like why do the house elves like being slaves? <laughs> because they do. No, they just no, like that's it. oh gosh. <laughs> no, yeah. We could unpack so much stuff so much. about the weird shit that J.K. Rowling did. But we don't have the but, time. Yeah, we don't have the time. We are talking about musicals here, people. Um, mm-hmm. The musicals are fun. Uh, I I was hoping that you would bring it up, but you haven't, so I will. Every single mm-hmm. one of these has a reference to a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> um, I did not notice that. What? I noticed the 
The one in the second, they talk about how Spider-Man 3 is crap. No, that's which, the first one. The, the Raimi that's one. That's the first one. Okay. So then the first one, um, Harry says he has to break up with Ginny because because uh, he has to protect her. It's like the Sp- And then he says, it's like the Spider-Man movies. Haven't you seen that? MJ and Peter Parker can't be together because it's not safe. And then she goes, <laughs> but I thought the whole point of Spider-Man 2 is that MJ and Peter Parker could be together in the end. And then he goes, yeah, but the point of Spider-Man 3 is that everything sucks and it falls to shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and he says, I don't want my and life I to think- be like Spider-Man 3. I hated that movie. Uh, yeah. And then... Which I get. Yeah. It's understandable. No one wants to be like Spider-Man <laughs> right. 3. Strutting down the street. Oh, I love Bully Maguire, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Wasn't the best Venom storyline. No, definitely not. Um, but, <laughs> but Bully Maguire, but what were the other... absolute gem we got out of that movie. In the second yes. one, when Ron and Hermione are scrubbing the owlry with their toothbrushes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, as punishment from Umbridge, um, mm. Ron makes an analogy. Um, Hermione is super depressed because she thinks that she's just like Umbridge. Um, and Ron is like, "No, you are. Uh, you're Spider Man." And basically makes the analogy that she's Spider Man. And then he, uh, you're like, and he's like, you're super smart and you can get a lot done. Oh, yeah. No, that's what he says. He says, um, I remember it now. I remember it exactly. <laughs> he goes, um, <laughs> that's like saying, she says, I'm just like Umbridge. And then he says, that's like saying Spider-Man and Venom are the same because they have the same powers in the same suit. Okay. But Venom let his bitterness and anger toward the world turn him into a villain a long time ago. But Spider-Man would never do that. And then he goes, and so she's Spider-Man. And then he goes, and that redhead, Mary Jane, she cares a lot about him. And, <laughs> and it's because he's a redhead, obviously. He's Mary Jane. So that's great. We love two Spider-Man analogies. And then yes, in the last one, Harry Potter has... Uh, he has run away from Hogwarts um, because he's moping and he's very sad. Um, and every because everyone hates him now and they all have their Potter stinks badges passed out by Gilderoy Lockhart. Uh, <laughs> and um, he's like, nobody likes me anymore. I'm not Harry Potter anymore. Basically, it it's it's all in the narrative of the play, but it's also an allegory for. I, what is my life past Harry Potter? What am I going to be if I'm not Harry mm. Potter? The actual the actual people who made this play, right? So it has that whole meta thing going on. Um, and a lot of that meta storytelling went way over my obviously, head. Obviously, because you don't know the lore. <laughs> this is your first time watching yeah. it. You don't know what's going on. That's fine. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's what makes it such an emotional watch and so much better upon rewatching my opinion uh for the mm. theater girlies out there um but <laughs> um so he goes to godric's hollow to see uh not his parents destroyed house um but he's there's a monument to him there in godric's hollow um and it's it's a monument of Darren Chris, but with his hair from the first one, so it's all big and puffy. And he doesn't have that hair anymore because he's currently playing Blaine on Glee, so his hair is all short and tight. Um, 
and he's all serious now yeah, he doesn't a, have the curls he's a warbler okay <laughs> um <laughs> he goes he goes at least at least they respect me here this monument will never come like they'll always remember me here and then a construction worker comes in and bulldozes his statue and then replaces it with a statue of spider-man <laughs> um <laughs> and it turns out that that uh construction worker is dumbledore <laughs> Uh, wearing a fake beard over his other fake beard um and as he did and he's in the got first a rainbow one, scarf that's scarfy the scarf of sexual preference he's not wearing it in that scene don't try and fool I, me I max i know everything about this. I, he's definitely wearing it later but scarfy no he's not he, yeah Dumbledore he, he doesn't gives everyone that. their sexuality he, which was yes. fun so um in the first one they did they had no budget so um <laughs> Dumbledore in very very beginning of the first one Dumbledore goes. Um, welcome to uh, Gryffindor, Ginny. And then he go she goes, aren't I supposed to be sorted by the sorting hat? And then he says, well, funny thing happened to the sorting hat. He actually got hitched with another piece of magical enchanted clothing. So he and the scarf of sexual preference won't be back until next year. Um, and then the second one, they had a budget. So they made the sorting hat named sorty and they made mm -hmm. the scarf of sexual preference called scarfy and then at the end of that second one they um <laughs> this is that the one where proposes. dumbledore's wearing them? yeah that's in the second one okay. he's wearing them I he's wearing them scarfy like the whole time in that one um mm. and scarf uh, sorty proposes at the end and he and scarfy get married um that's nice yeah and then they're back for the last one <laughs> um <laughs> Sadly, Scarfy gets killed by the basilisk. Um, oh, no. But then Ron pulls a diamond ring out of his mouth and proposes to Hermione. <laughs> anyway, it's all good. It's so fun. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, because Hermione's sexual preference was sorted as waiting till marriage. Um, <laughs> so Ron pulls a at the end, Ron pulls a ring out of Scarfy and proposes to Hermione. Right. <laughs> Um, and Ron was bi-curious. Yeah, Ron was bi-curious. And <laughs> Harry Potter was metrosexual, which is a word that died out like a year after that <laughs> play came out. Yeah, I had no idea what that was when so, they said okay. it. But... Metrosexual was a trend. Does that mean you want to have sex with a metro Absolutely. train? Absolutely. Just like pansexual means you want to have sex <laughs> with pants. No. Uh <laughs> Sweet. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> um, so... Metrosexual was a term given to men, straight cis men in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, people who cared about how they looked. <laughs> and it was, I, I don't know, I wasn't very cognizant of the world back then. I was one. But um, it was like, it was like anyone who had gone on Queer Eye and been given a new wardrobe and been like, put, you know, conditioner in your hair. They're metrosexual, basically. Right. It's like, it's real, it's real fucked up. It's real bad. It's like, not, not straight, but not gay. It's like, you're straight, you like women, but you have mm. the, uh, attitudes of a of a gay man it's 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 bad it was a bad thing we don't need to think about it or talk about it or bring it back it's <laughs> it was funny for that one joke in this one thing that that 
left it behind. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, at least it's good to know. Yeah. The more you know. I don't know why I know it. I know so many random things. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the very Potter musical taught you. Yeah, but I didn't know it from that. I already knew it because I got the joke the first time I watched it in 2012. So I, and I don't know how I got that joke. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where I learned this from, but I did. <laughs> anyway, probably from Project Runway and... or something. <laughs> I watched a lot of that as a kid. Um, oh, yeah. So Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. That's where we were. Um. The statue that replaces Harry, Harry's statue in Godric's Hollow in the third one, uh, is a, and Harry goes, well, at least if I'm replaced by anyone, at least I'm replaced by Spider-Man. And then, uh, Dumbledore, not Dumbledore, quote unquote, not Dumbledore, goes, yep, Andrew Garfield, gotta love him. And then, (laughs) and then Harry goes, what? No, Tobey Maguire. And then Dumbledore goes, who? And he goes, Tobey Maguire, fucking Spider-Man. And he's like, oh yeah, from those old movies. And he basically imparts the lesson. It's like, you gotta move on. This new this new Spider-Man is gonna mean a lot to a lot of kids. This statue of Andrew Garfield is gonna mean a lot to a lot of kids. And you can't hold on to the past forever. It basically ties back into the theme of the third mm. one. And you know what? It's a great lesson. It is. Even with the specificness of Spider-Man. That's a great lesson. They work Spider-Man naturally into all of them. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's so natural. I love it. It's unforced. (laughs) Unforced, huh? It's like they... It's not at all like they bulldozed a statue of Harry Potter and replaced it with a statue of (laughs) Spider-Man. I love it. It's so good. Um... It's fantastic. (laughs) But I can't think of too much else to say other than my favorite songs. Yes. Because I have picked them out. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to go number one, a very Potter musical. What is your favorite song? I should preface this by saying it's fairly obvious and you'll see a trend. It's every Disney movie, every musical, I always love the villain songs. Oh, yeah. So, of course, I liked Different As Can Be, which I'm Whoa! pretty sure is the name of the ballad that's with Quirrell and Voldemort. That is, but that's what you qualify as the villain song. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I would I would say the villain song of that one is To Dance Again. Yes. <laughs> I, there's just something about a ballad between two men who clearly love each other mm-hmm. and they're conjoined. You know, it it was just nice. You know, there's something about that that's so common that I definitely understand. (laughs) Um, Yes. No, love it. It's so good. Um, Mm -hmm. But what was your favorite? My favorite from this? That's so hard. Don't ask me that. No. um, (laughs) They're all so good. I love them all. I know them all by heart. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Granger Danger. It's just so good. It just stands out so much. It was my introduction to this whole thing. You know, it led me into it. So for that, it has to be my favorite. Um, But I love Ginny's song. I love Ginny's song reprise, Cho's version. Um, (laughs) I love, I love, uh, I love the heartfelt ones, Missing You and Not Alone. They're so good. Um, Mm -hmm. Going back to Hogwarts is Iconic. Um, (laughs) To Dance Again is um, amazing. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. They're all so good. 
I love them. I think going back to Hogwarts is a close second. Yeah. That's a going fun back one. To Hogwarts is so good. Um, but the second yeah. one, again, I had a hard choice between Umbridge's song or the opening with Lucius. Umbridge's, and I think I'd have to choose Umbridge's song Stutter. Yeah. Okay. Or I think I'd definitely choose the opening with Lucius. Mainly because that also surprised me with all of the stage directions and the costuming and how much more budget they had. I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I think that one was called "Not Over Yet." Yeah, that's not over yet. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> clarify. So my favorite songs is I'm gonna pick the song that I have the most fun with, not the song that I like to sing the most because I like to sing okay. the ballady, sad <laughs> ones. I like to get into the emotions of the characters. That's not mm. what I'm picking as my favorite ones, even though they're so fun and I love them. Um, <laughs> ooh, okay. Mm, I think it's gonna be, oh, so, no, Hermione Can't Draw is so good. <laughs> Hermione Can't Draw is my favorite song with the second verse being Lupin Can't Sing. It's so good. Gosh, it's so funny. It's the simplest song in the world, but I adore it. it uh, it's so dumb. Uh, no, no, no. The favorite one from that one's got to be Harry Freakin' Potter. Yeah. It's, That's it's fair. It's iconic. It's so good. Um, but I'll say that about all of them. Gosh, guys like Potter is so good too. So is Stutter. I can't. I can't. Ugh, stop it. Okay. They're all good. Yeah. So right, is no I, way. Anyway. For the third one, I had a hard choice between choosing a lot of the villain songs because obviously I'm going to choose the villain. Mm-hmm. But Aragog's "Get in My Mouth" Get in my would mouth. have to be my favorite. Get in my mouth is so good. <laughs> stop. Ugh, I love it. Okay, my favorite song from this one is. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm just a sidekick. That's that Ron's song. Yeah. Ron's only That's song. Good. It's so good. You know, everything ends and when I was, um, those two are my favorites to sing from this one. I sing them all the time and I cry. I actually cry. Uh <laughs> because I'm a little bitch baby who loves these. And they're it's my nostalgia factory. I love it. Okay. Don't judge me. <laughs> I know what I am. Uh, <laughs> a Harry Potter stan. I am I am a musical theater nerd first and foremost. <laughs> um Gosh, it's so good. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with I'm just a sidekick. It's so funny. I w- with our favorites chosen and with that being said should we move on to our recommendations in the consumption corner yes let's do it i'm dying I, let of me consumption. tell you <laughs> i'm just shriveled up in the corner dying mm-hmm. coughing though blood. i've been eating pretty good oh okay well that's good that's good i've mm-hmm. been coughing up blood I, so please tell me what you'd like to recommend oh. <laughs> i have been reading so much Chalice of the Gods I finished, Woo! Lightning Thief I finished, Sea of Gods, and I'm sea on to the third. I the, what the Titan's Curse. Yeah. I almost forgot the name oh, of it. I love but I want to finish the whole series, all five, before, before Percy Jackson next I'm week. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so at my work, they put up a giant poster <laughs> for it, like a giant 
corrugate oh my God. that stands. It's right in front of the escalator. And every time I go up, I see their faces. And I'm so excited. And I just noticed on the poster that Annabeth has the right necklace. She has her camp necklace with her dad's. Yes. Her dad's ring on it and i'm like yes oh my god i'm so excited they're ramping up all of the marketing and uh there are some reviews have come out and it's apparently really 95 percent on rotten tomatoes and i i don't put a lot of stock into rotten tomato i i i try not to at least Mm -hmm. but this is a very good sign so good and there are interviews apparently i haven't seen them but my friend told me they've already been talking about like season five like what they're gonna do yeah. if they get there, there and i'm like we there have was something, to make this happen guys <laughs> yeah they asked all of the actors which season they would prefer to make or which one they're excited about mm-hmm. most and they all just said yeah season yeah five, because obviously. okay if they play this right this can be the most epic show it can be yes it can be it can be the Game of Thrones of kids shows, right? And they can 100%. ramp up. They have to build this world correctly, though. They have to do it. They have to keep Rick on. They have to keep Uncle Rick in the driver's seat at all times. And yes, they can build up to a fifth and final season where there is a season-long battle of New York. Yeah, a siege. Of just defending Manhattan. Se- it would be... Oh my gosh, Percy Can you fighting Hyperion. The Minotaur fight. Yeah. Well, the mid- or on yeah. on the bridge and he's making the the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my, oh my god. gosh. I, I, I and see just it. like all of the um what's go- we have to say we have to talk about this more yeah. later. But <laughs> we well I mean we're going to talk Percy Jackson next week or the week after yeah. so there there's plenty to talk about. But what 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 have you been consuming this okay. week? Okay. I I've still been reading this book. <laughs> um, You're still on it. I haven't given up. You know why? Because I kept reading. I got really, really bored one night. And I just decided <laughs> to read it. Um, and I got kind of drawn in. I don't. I'm not mm. going to say I like it because I don't. Because the writing is terrible still. Um, it's <laughs> real bad. I hate it. But. It's, but has it become like a hate read? Yeah, kind of. Like the story I am like, I gotta know what happens next. Not that it's great. I can I can predict what's gonna happen, but I'm not at that place. I'm like, I just wanna know. I just wanna keep reading it. It's kind of, it's kind of like eating dominoes. You're like, I know that I'm gonna have a stomachache right. later, but it's delicious, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right now it's tasting fantastic. It's tasting good, and I'm just like, I like the dragons, I finally met the dragons and I like them. Okay. I like That's cool. Uh I like that they're constantly fighting. Like there's like So they have made uh an announcement that this book Fourth Wing is going to be made into a TV show. And okay. I think if they do it right, they can make this TV show very very good because the concepts are very interesting and they're explored in interesting ways in the book. And I hope that whoever writes the show understands that they don't have to exposit every goddamn line. They don't have to remind yeah. the reader every five seconds who someone is or what lore this came from or exactly and, and like just exposition dump 
and vomit dialogue at me. Stop it, okay? <laughs> I hope whoever writes the show will know not to do that because they have a career. <laughs> um, it's just execution-wise, they need to get it yes. right. This story is interesting, and it has an interesting um, world that it has created and an interesting magic system, you know, that I want to know mm. more about. So right. I'm reading that. I'm planning to, you know, sacrifice sleep and just read for a few more hours <laughs> tonight. Uh, yeah, I feel that. But other than that, I haven't been watching much. Um, I finished my... Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine rewatch right when mm. um, unfortunately the man who plays Captain Holt um, oh, Andre, Andre Bauer, Bauer he, uh, he tragically died um, this last week and I finished it like the day after he died and I was like this is so Damn. sad um, yeah that's just heartbreaking yeah anyway but yeah on a lighter note i for the holiday season i got a the first omnibus for sandman oh. and the omnibus for comics is just like a big old collection it's like this 20 pound mm. book but well. it's not leather bound but it's made to look like it's kind of leather bound and it's really cool i love it i'm rereading sandman just because of it that's cool i i mean along with that i've been between i've been jumping between issues of there's a really cool horror comic called nice house on the lake that i've been enjoying a lot i also danger street from tom king i've been reading a bunch of that because that finally wrapped up tom king if you haven't heard about him he is a incredible comic book writer most of the things that he touches is usually phenomenal uh, things like Vision, Mr. Miracle, Strange Adventures, Human Target. He wrote a Batman story called The War of Jokes and Riddles, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's phenomenal. He's also writing a Wonder Woman story, which I think it'll be 12 issues. They're on number seven right now. Once that wraps up, I cannot wait to just binge all that. But yeah, Tom King and um, Sandman. Been reading a bunch of those comics. Absolutely love it. Nice. Hmm. Other than that, I got a movie to shout out Ooh. because let me tell you, Sasha, Godzilla minus one <laughs> is a cinematic triumph. Mm. I won't talk about it too much because because I love podcasting so much. I started up another podcast called A Girlfriend's Glimpse, and my second episode was about Godzilla minus one. So you can go listen to all my thoughts there. But yeah, if you're not willing to go to the theaters, then definitely one of these days just sit down on your couch and watch Godzilla Minus One. It, it takes some reading because it's a Japanese movie, but it is phenomenal. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> Could not give more higher praise to this movie. Mm -hmm. It's, it is, I, I never cared about Godzilla before this movie. And it's also a very... Not necessarily scary movie, but it shows horror. Or it shows Godzilla in a horror light, Ooh. which is just cannot get enough of it. That's fun. But yeah, other than that, if you got any more recommendations, I do not. <laughs> well, with that being said, this has been a Troy Bolton podcast, <laughs> a Zephron podcast, Headmaster Zephron podcast.